Ring of Fire presents Welcome aboard! It's time to raise anchor as we sail across the seven seas with me, the master of mythship himself, the captivating Captain Thurl, debonair and pirate extraordinaire, collecting ancient legends filled with wonder and adventure on the ship of myths. The Merlion's Kingdom. Now look what you've done, Jimmy. I wanted to eat those crabs, not get eaten by them. Ah, welcome back to the Komodo Dragon. As you can see, I, Captain Thuruk, am currently defending my ship from a crab rebellion. Arr! Just grab one for dinner, lest I end up eating that foul gruel again. Watch out! This one's a feisty coconut crab! Arr, arr, arr. That has to be the bravest crab I've ever seen. Almost as brave as the prince who faced up to the malign. <laughs> what is a malign, you ask? Well, listen carefully. For it's a tale filled with magic, courage, and finding one's true purpose in life. It all began during a great hunt led by Prince Sang Nila Utama, the crown prince of the Palembang Kingdom in Sumatra. Twenty-year-old Prince Utama cut a dashing figure as he chased a gigantic wild boar through the thick forest. He was accompanied by his two most trusted aides, Aruka and Atul. Run! Run as hard as you can, wild boar! But you will not be able to outrun the trusted steed of Prince Utama! <laughs> Yes, you cannot escape Prince Utama. Exactly! Prince Utama cannot escape from you! <laughs> it still surprises me that the two of you can say exactly the same thing while meaning exactly the opposite! <laughs> Are all twins like you too, Haruka and Atu? Yes, my prince, but where is that foul beast off to now? He's running up that hill, my prince! Our horses will not be able to follow him! Ah, we shall see about that! Prince Utama leaped off his horse mid-stride and landed at the foot of the hill. <laughs> the prince raced up the hill behind the boar. Atul, follow the prince! Exactly! Haruka, fall on the prince! Oh no! Help! Aha! I have finally caught you, oh mighty boar! You have nowhere to run or hide. My men and I have surrounded you. Wait a minute. Where are my men? Taking advantage of this distraction, the wild boar jumped at Prince Utama. <laughs> However, just as the boar was about to sink its massive tusks into the prince, a lion attacked the boar, and the boar tumbled to the ground. The prince was thrown off by the lion's unexpected arrival, but quickly regained his fighting stance and faced the hunted beast. Prepare... To die, wild boar! The prince had vanquished the wild boar. However, just then, the prince heard a sound of loud clapping from behind him. The prince quickly turned his head and got up, prepared to face any danger. However, he was surprised to see a harmless-looking old man with thick white hair growing wild all over his head. Whew. You seem to have wandered off to the wrong place, good sir. This jungle is no place for you. Tell me where you're from, and I shall ask my men to escort you safely there. <laughs> yes, 
I shall be safe there. But what makes you think that a safe place is the right place for me or for you? Uh, then we shall keep looking for a safe place. But if you keep looking only in the safe places, how will you find things truly worth looking for? Oh, but should we not always aim for safety? Now, think carefully and answer this. Will a safe place involve travel across uncharted seas in search of undiscovered lands filled with adventure? No. So, if you were to forever live protected in a safe place, how will your destiny ever be able to find you? Do you think it will come cheering for you on a wild boar hunt and invite you to an epic quest to find the land of the Merlion? <laughs> Land of the Merlion? Where is it? Why have I not heard of it before? Because you have always lived in your safe place, Prince Utama. Wait, how do you know my name? Ha <laughs> ha! This is nothing! I know my own name too! <laughs> it is Trivikram, and I am a traveling storyteller, looking to find someone suitable to come and set off on a great adventure with me. And something tells me that I just may have found him. Found you? My prince. Just like Haruka said, you are a great find, my prince. Yes, let's go. And prepare my ship. We have a journey to go on with our new friend, Trivikram. What? Journey? To where? <laughs> to Talukblanga, on the island of Tamasic, where our destiny awaits us. Or maybe death. <laughs> As our small company of heroes left the small hill, two eyes quietly watched them disappear into the sunset. And so it was that the prince Sangnila Utama and his two faithful men, Haruka and Atul, loaded a small ship, much smaller than our Komodo dragon, of course, stocked with the essential supplies needed for a long sea voyage. There were barrels filled with food and water, along with a cache of weapons, and with his mother, father, and loving subjects cheering him on, Prince Utama set sail on his epic adventure with his two loyal followers and a mysterious old man for company. Ah, the sea is truly invigorating. The calm sea, the gentle wind, the salt in the air that sticks to your skin. Ah, and the giant crab that is about to attack your ship. What? My, 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 my prince, look behind you. Ah, giant crab! The ship had barely left the harbor, and already the prince was confronted by a fearsome sight. It was a giant crab. Twice the size of their ship, the men watched in horror as its humongous sharp claws snapped towards the deck of their ship. Prince Utama saw two claws heading straight for the frozen Haruka and Atu, and immediately swung into action. With a flying leap, he tackled his two men, and as they went across the deck, the giant claws crashed into the very spot on which they'd just been standing. My prince, you saved us. Yes, my prince, we are in the safe. Glad to hear it, but where is Trivikram? Trivikram was indeed nowhere to be seen. However, 
the three men had no time to ponder on his disappearance, as the giant crab was jabbing its great claws towards them again and again. Quick, gather your weapons. Let us give this monster a fight that he will never forget. With this, Prince Utama took out a great hefty axe, while Haruka and Atu unsheathed their swords and attacked the crab's claws. <laughs> Keep attacking! <laughs> The brave men hacked repeatedly and desperately, but despite their best efforts, the crab's claws sunk into the ship's deck. Prince Utama ran up one of the claws, took a giant leap, and struck the crab hard with his axe. There was a loud thundering sound, and then the neck of the axe snapped off and fell into the sea. The crab seemed stunned by the blow. It shook its body violently. And Prince Utama went tumbling towards the raging sea. My prince! But just as Prince Utama's body was about to hit the sea, a gigantic shape burst out of the water below him. Prince Utama found himself in the jaws of an unseen creature. The creature carried him gently, like a cat with a kitten, and returned him to the ship's deck. Haruka and Atul, what was that thing? I don't know, my prince. I have never seen anything like this. Indeed, my prince. I have never been seen by this thing. It was indeed something that no one had ever seen before. Its huge lower body was that of a fish, while its ferocious head was that of a lion. It was not a fish, not a lion, but something much bigger and much more dangerous. Look! The creature just bit off a claw! The crab is swimming away, my prince! Indeed, we are swimming on the crab, my prince! Which was not entirely wrong, since the giant claw of the crab was left stuck on the ship's deck. <sighs> Any sign of the creature that saved us? He too has disappeared, my prince. Just like good old Trivikram. Oh no. What if the giant crab ate up our friend? They all looked at each other with worry. But just then, they heard loud chomping noises. They all rushed to the source of the strange sound, one of the barrels in which their food was stored. The prince opened the barrel. <laughs> Trivikram, what are you doing inside a barrel of apples? <laughs> Eating an apple, of course, Prince Utama. An apple a day keeps the crab at bay. The prince and his two men could do nothing but stare at each other in shock as they heard this explanation. Soon, the ship had set sail again. Trivikram, the crazy wise bard, was cooking a portion of the giant crab's claw when Haruka and Atul voiced their fears to their prince. My prince... This sudden appearance of such creatures is an ill omen. We should turn back immediately and abandon this quest. Yes, my prince. We should turn back to front immediately. No, we need to continue our journey. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Drink up this crab's claw soup so that we can look for the creature who saved us from getting into a soup. <laughs> crabby, crabby. With the defeat of the giant crab, Prince Utama's ill fortune, too, seemed to have vanished. The giant claw was kept as a trophy on the deck of the ship, and for the next few days, the seas were calm, the winds favorable, lending force to their sails so that they could make good time. What 
are they? These are called dolphins, my prince. They are gentle and intelligent. Perhaps more so than those two. <laughs> I think he means you, Atul. Haruka, he means you, clearly. The prince was overwhelmed by the natural wonders that the vast ocean had to offer, from fishes of every size and color, to birds with wings that were the length of his body. But one day, his men spotted something that was very strange and sinister. My prince, a flock of birds seems to be approaching us from the west. Yes, my prince, approaching us like a swarm of bees, just like Haruka said. What? Where? You're both wrong. These are not birds or bees. They are fish with wings. Prince Utama, they're not ordinary flying fish. Look at their teeth. They seem to be sharp, like daggers. And they're just as danger. <gasps> Look out! The prince ducked. The swarm of fish flew over the spot where they were just standing and landed on the edge of the wooden deck of the ship. What sorcery is this? The fish are chewing through the ship? Trivikram, how do we... Now where did he go? Haruka, Atul, after me! To the fish! To the fish? To become their dish? Prince Otama whipped out his sword and shield, and then, without a second thought, he rushed towards the flying fish. Get off my ship! But just as the prince neared the fish, they turned together as one and flew straight towards him, and the prince put up his shield at the very last instant. The fish banged into the shield and latched onto it with their little teeth. Oh no! The prince is in danger! I agree! Danger is upon the prince! The twins together picked up a piece of the crab's giant claw from the deck and swung it wildly towards the flying fish. The claw piece hit the school of fish and they were scattered all over the place. However, they banded together again, but this time it aimed straight for the crab's claw. Help! They are coming right at us! At us right now! But the flying fish were not interested in the two humans. Their eyes were fixed only on the giant claw, and they started swarming all around them. Ah, the flying fish wish to feast on the giant crab claw. Let us see if we can give them what they want. With a supreme show of strength, the prince now moved the giant crab claw and dragged it to the edge of the deck. And then he let out a sharp whistle. You want some crab? Well, come and get it. The flying fish now turned towards Prince Utama and flew straight towards him like an arrow. The prince stood still and waited for the last second, and then he pushed the giant claw into the sea. The fish went flying over the deck. Yes, my trick worked! The fish are gone! As the swarm circled the giant floating crab claw, a gigantic beast rose from the sea and ate the entire swarm in one bite. It is the same magnificent creature who had saved us from the giant crab. It looks like a lion. No, no, you must be mistaken. It has the tail of a fish. Ah, let me ask Trivikram if he knows its name. Has anyone seen him? Did a flying fish get him? Oh, Trivikram! The prince looked up and saw the old man. He immediately climbed up the crow's nest, only to find Trivikram snuggled inside the vantage spot, merrily eating a flying fish. Ah, Prince Utama. Fancy a flying fish? No, thank you, kind sir. 
I have had enough of fish for the day. <laughs> Later that night, they reached their journey's end under the cover of darkness. Behold, Prince Utama, before us is the island of Tamasic. It is said that no man or woman has ever set foot on those shores. It has indeed been an exciting adventure that you have brought us on, Trivikram, and I thank you for it. Don't thank me just yet, my prince. Eh? What? A strange mist rose up from the water and enveloped the ship within the fog. The sea had grown silent, and all that could be heard was the creaking of the ship's wooden body. Where did this mist come from? The ship drifted through the mist as small objects started to brush against its wooden hull until it came to a sudden stop. Oh, thank the gods! The mist is clearing, but where are we? What did we just hit? I did not see any big rocks jutting out of the water when I checked but moments ago. It is not a rock, my prince. It is a ship. A ship it is. A wrecked ship. The sea was filled with ships, some half sunken and others resting on the shallow seabed. Some seemed very ancient, while others seemed barely a day old. A graveyard of broken ships. My prince, I fear that Trivikram may have betrayed us. A trap he has set to bait us with. Like these poor people. <laughs> ah! The only trap I need to set is within your thick skulls so that your minds don't wander off. They were joined by the old man as he climbed down from the crow's nest. Trivikram, I expected that you would disappear with the mist, like you always do. This is neither the time nor the place to disappear, Prince Utama. Look closely towards the water. The moon is about to reveal the secret of the broken sea. Uh, nothing here. Wait, what is that shining in the water? My prince, it is gold, gold, the bottom of the sea, covered in gold. All of the wrecked ships were laden with gold. The shallow seabed was covered with coins, gold, gems and jewels, and untold treasures. Trivikram, those skeletons, who are they? As the moon lit up the broken sea, amongst the countless wrecked and sunken ships, skeletons could be seen resting on the ships, still manning their posts and holding firmly onto their rusted weapons and burdened by their aging armor. Adventurers, Prince Utama, kings, explorers, and pirates driven mad by greed. Don't touch anything that belongs to them, especially their cursed treasure. Oh, no! Haruka! Atul! Don't touch that gold! But it was too late. As soon as Haruka and Atul picked up the small pieces of the treasure floating alongside their ship, they sensed movement in the water, surprised they looked up, only to see two raging red eyes staring at them. Ah! The eyes belonged to a skeleton warrior who was looking straight at them, brandishing two swords and a dagger between its teeth. And then, loud sounds of war drums started echoing all around them. One by one, the skeletons of the fallen warriors started to rise and climbed up the side of the ship. Haruka! Atul! Fall back! Prepare for battle! The prince reached for his weapons and took out his bow and quiver of arrows, while his two men picked up sharp spears. 
Prince Otami fired off a volley of arrows in quick succession towards the undead warriors. It's no use! There's too many of them! Despite the bravery shown by the prince and his men, slowly but steadily, the tide of the battle was turning. Our brave warriors were being overrun by the skeletal horde. Snap my spear in half! Help me, Prince Utama! Prince Utama, help me! Haruka! Atul! Wait! I'm coming! Prince Utama was now fighting off the undead warriors with his bare hands, ferociously tearing them off from the bodies of Haruka and Atul. Thank God you both are safe. But not for long, my prince. My prince? Not for long. Don't worry. It will be long enough. The prince slashed his sword at the ropes holding the sail up and cut through it in one blow. Immediately, the sail came fluttering down and engulfed the skeleton army. As they tried to get out from under the heavy cloth, the prince herded his friends into the ship's only lifeboat. My prince, come, jump in with us quickly. Yes, my prince, jump on us. All of you leave. I will hold them back so that you have enough time to reach the shore. His friends begged and pleaded with him, but Prince Utama cut the rope and the boat drifted off towards the island with the tide. The prince now turned towards the skeletons, who had finally cut through the sail. Now, let's see what you are made of! And with a loud yell of defiance, Prince Utama leaped into the rush of skeleton warriors. A slash here, a jab there, a swing here, a cut there. One man holding back an entire army of skeleton soldiers. You want my friends? You have to get past me first! However, the skeleton soldiers kept pushing Prince Utama back towards the edge of the ship. He had no more space left to maneuver. But just as he was about to give up, Prince Utama's face scrunched up as he tried to remember what Trivikram had told him about these warriors, that they were greedy for treasure. Prince Utama's face lit up as he got an idea. The price of greed. If my men's greed for gold has started this, maybe these warriors' greed for gold can end it too. Prince Utama shrugged off the bodies of all the undead warriors who tried to grab him and then, with a dramatic gesture, he took off his own gold crown, the symbol of his royalty, and threw it into the sea. For a moment, the skeletons did not react, and the prince thought that his gamble had failed. But then, like moths to a flame, they all jumped off the ship as one. Ah, the greedy skeletons have left the ship! They are fighting for my crown at the bottom of the sea, like dogs over a bone. <laughs> However, the prince's joy was short-lived, as the ship, devastated by the attacks, started creaking and groaning, and then the deck of the ship disintegrated. And Prince Otama fell straight into the water. He tried to escape by swimming towards the shore, but the skeleton warriors caught a hold of him and started dragging him down into the water. No, no, must fight, must hold my breath for as long as I can. As long as there is life, there is hope. The prince's lungs were close to bursting with his desperate efforts when the entire area was suddenly shaken by a huge roar. The roar was so loud that all the skeletons holding on to the prince disintegrated into piles of bones, and the prince was free. However, he was too weak to swim up for air now, and then, 
With his consciousness almost gone, the prince saw a huge lion head come swimming fast towards him. On the shore, the prince's friends had their hearts in their mouths, when suddenly a huge shape burst through the water, and they saw a magnificent creature with the head of a lion and the body of a fish. And on top of this creature was Prince Utama, barely alive, but holding on to the creature's mane. The creature now swam to the shore of the island and gently deposited the prince onto the soft sands of the beach. The prince's friends rushed to hug him. I am at a loss for words, Prince Utama. So am I, Trivikram. What is that creature? That creature is the Merlion, Prince Utama, and now he seeks a reward for saving your lives. The Merlion towered above the prince and his men. He shrugged his wet, furry mane, drenching them with water. The beast slid onto the sand. The lower half of its body started changing. The scales disappeared, and his fins faded away into the lower half of a lion's body with mighty legs and a tail. The prince's men were quaking in their boots as they saw it approach them. However, the prince boldly walked up to the lion and bowed before him humbly. Please take my life, O great Merlion, but spare my friends and allow them to live here in peace under your protection after I'm gone. The lion gazed into the brave prince's eyes. The prince stared back, his eyes filled with courage. The Merlion let out a huge roar that shook the very ground. The lion turned away and took a giant leap into the sea. Its lower body transformed back into that of a fish, disappearing into the rising sun. I do not understand. Why did the Merlion let me live? He was looking for someone worthy to protect this sacred land, and he has chosen you, Prince Utama. Me? But how do you know all this? Because I was sent by the great Merlion himself to find a warrior who is not just brave, but also kind, humble, and most importantly, selfless, <laughs> King Utama! <laughs> hail, King Utama! King Utama, we hail! Now then, King Utama, what shall you call this blessed kingdom? I think I will call it... Singapura, the city of the lion. And as he said this, Trivikram's smile widened and he magically turned into orchid petals and got swept away by the winds towards the sea, following the path of the great merlion. Hey, hey, and that was the tale of the merlion of Singapore. Ooh! Looks like Jimmy caught the big crab. Arr, 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 arr. Well done, Jimmy. But you lost this battle before it began. Arr? Why, you ask? Well, while you were chasing it all over the ship, the smaller crabs managed to escape from the deck and into the sea, which was the big crab's plan all along. Arr. Now, do the right thing, Jimmy, and reward the crab for its bravery. Let him go be with his friends. All right, everyone, let's see if we can find something easier to catch. Like a great white whale? <laughs> Thank you for joining us on The Ship of Myths, a Ring of Fire production. If you like our show, 
please leave us a review. It really adds wind to our sales. Check us out on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram as well at ROF Stories. The Ship of Myths is crewed by executive producer Anand Roy, writer-producer Niha Sakib, script by Anurag Bakshi, sound design by Sara DaCosta, Vishal Pradhan, Nimesh Shinde, sound mixing by Hot Sauce Productions, casting and voice direction by Ramesh Panikkar. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Andrew Marco, Edward Choi, and Shane Marjuki, with Ramesh Panikkar as Captain Thuruk. <laughs>